0: In the morning, when you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. I think we lost, Tyler. Oh! Let me check. You know what's happening? I think uh, something's happening with the dogs at the house.
1: No. I'm here. I'm here. No. Okay. We got him back. uh, 45 seconds in. I muted myself. I was talking that whole time, but I muted myself. All right. I'm going to start over. James Harden (laughs) will make his debut for the 76ers tonight. They play at Minnesota. You a believer? You a believer without seeing it that Embiid and Harden are the favorites in the East.
0: I don't think they're the favorites in the East. And by the way, can I backtrack a little on my Nets pick?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, you can't (laughs) can't, backtrack I can't. I got to stay strong. Yes.
0: I wanted to to, kind of swim over the island to your Milwaukee pick at this point. I don't think it's Philly, but I I wanted to back up on my Brooklyn pick. But you're going to hold me to it, so... I'll hope they win the play-in game of the Mountain West Tournament so they can get the real draw. <laughs> uh, because I don't think I keep backing up on that pick. I don't think they're the best in the East. I think maybe Milwaukee's. I think you hit that on the head a couple weeks ago when we tried to say who we thought was the best in the East.
1: Here's here's your hot take for you. I do think Milwaukee wins the East based on nothing, but I think they have the best player, even though they're not number one seed, and DeMar DeRozan keeps making game-winning shots for the Bulls. Yes, how about that kid last night again? Good God, that guy's been incredible. Uh, but here's your hot take for you. The Brooklyn Nets are still better than the Philadelphia 76ers.
0: <sighs> okay, well.
1: If if they are, like, if all of their players are able to actually play. Uh, because the other, the other news this week in the NBA is that New York City yes. is planning to lift its vaccine mandate. Uh, which, if that does in fact happen... Kyrie Irving would be allowed to play in home games, which would mean Kyrie Irving could be a full-time player for the Nets and not just a uh, road warrior.
0: Kyrie got what he wanted.
1: The other if to that question is Ben Simmons, who got traded to Brooklyn but still hasn't played. We don't know when Ben Simmons is going to play. But if you tell me that the Brooklyn Nets – are health. And Kevin Durant's hurt, by the way. That's the other part of this. But if you tell me the Brooklyn Nets are healthy and they can roll out Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, and even Goran Dragic. Throw Goran Yeah, Dragic he's
0: decided to stay.
1: I like the Nets more than I like the 76ers.
0: But you don't like – do you like the Nets more than anyone other than Milwaukee? Um. If all those guys are healthy, if Durant's completely right. right. Yes,
1: yes. If, uh, if, if they are all healthy, there's a vaccine mandate lifted, and Ben Simmons is actually able to play basketball – Brooklyn, I would have as my second best team in the East Ooh. behind the Milwaukee Bucks. That's where I would go.
2: No
0: uh, love, no love for the uh, Hall of Famer and his team down in Miami. I know he all he all that guy does is win.
1: No, he doesn't. All that he guy, had, all
0: the, all that Miami guy does, all the Hall of Famer does is win. I saw him. I, I was thinking of you at the All Star game when, of course, he was the All Star coach. Got to have the Hall of Famer as the All Star coach. He had a great. He had a great. I love those pregame speeches from the All Star coaches. Guys, let's have fun. Let's raise a lot of money. I mean, like, absolutely. They're not going to say anything about how they're going to play. He and Monty Williams are both, they had the same speech. Enjoy it. You should be honored. Let's raise a lot of money. All right, get the hell out there. The
1: Heat haven't done anything. Come on.
0: They're in they second lost...
1: place in the East. Yeah, regular season's irrelevant. They lost a bubble championship. That is his best claim to fame without LeBron. He's not. A, he's not that good of a coach. Come on.
2: I mean, Come on. he started as the video coordinator. I think he's doing pretty well. <laughs> Good rise, but you guys Good are
1: rise. Out, you guys are out here making him one of like the ten best okay. coaches in the history of the sport. Okay. But for his given, era
0: given who makes this, who oh, win championships, and we all know I mean there's guys in the basketball hall of fame, like all hall of fames, you're like, okay, I don't know who that person is. I've never heard of that person. He was in no you know, no offense, but he was in Greece for thirty years and we don't know how he won so many games. So given though what he did with LeBron you must believe he will be in the Hall of Fame.
1: I mean, yes, he'll probably end up in the Hall of Fame. Okay. I'm just annoyed I mean. at you guys <laughs> telling me, well, oh, he's yeah. the Hall of Famer. Like, <laughs> I missed, I missed, <laughs> listen, what happened is I missed a show, and I come back, <laughs> and you guys apparently did three hours on Eric Spolstra. <laughs> it's a Hall of Famer. This Hall of Fame, yes. unbelievable coach. And I'm like, what? Yeah. How is this just universally agreed upon that Eric Spolstra is just this good? Because he didn't do anything until the bubble without LeBron. Hey. He had to have LeBron to do something.
2: I think the lesson you learned there was don't take a vacation.
1: <laughs> I get, and here's the thing. I actually kind of like Eric Spolstra, but I have to push back on you two guys. <laughs> being like, this is the greatest coach the sport's oh, ever it's seen. Wonderful.
2: I, I will say there is an element that when it's Ed and I, where we both just sort of go, yes, and. And, and? We, just sort of, we just sort of build it until it's like, well, I think he's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. <laughs>
1: Daddy had a breakaway. UNLV will give $10,000 to a student at Saturday's game against Boise State if that student can make a half-court shot. Um, how many tries would it take for you to make a half-court shot?
0: Can I do it at the uh, Family Fitness Center? Because I've done it there.
1: I mean, is it a regulation size court?
0: Uh, probably a little smaller than regulation, I would think, at the at the Family Fitness Center. Um, okay. I don't know. I mean, you'd have to get, I have to get lucky. Um, I think I could do a really good shot. I think I could do a really good chance coming close a lot, but I don't know if I'd make it.
1: <laughs> you would hit the rim. A
0: yes. Lot. Yeah. I, I, I would. I would definitely, <laughs> definitely do that. Like it wouldn't be air balls, but I think it'd take a while. What about you? I think it'd take a while.
1: I would hit the backboard a lot. Um, yeah.
0: We wouldn't be air balls. It would just be, to go
1: in. I would. I could do it in twenty shots.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Which seems like a lot, but I could do it in. Tw- if you gave me twenty, I'd feel confident I could make one of those okay. twenty shots from half court, at least one of those twenty shots from half court.
0: But, hey, I hope the student does it <laughs> right.
1: It's gonna be. It's gonna. It's gonna. Already my favorite part of the game. I'm looking forward more to this than UNLV actually yes. playing Boise State. If this kid hits a half court shot for ten thousand dollars, it's gonna be awesome. I can't wait. Um, which by the way, this is another. They have gone. They've gone over the top in terms of like rewards and yes. giveaways and things to get uh, students to games like they're giving away shoes to everybody that goes to the last six home games of the year they did free tuition at the last game like and now it's a $10,000 shot that they, they did uh, spring break giveaways to whatever location you wanted to go to like they have gone out of yes. their way to make this a very attractive thing to go to regardless of how the team is actually playing
2: Okay, I'm just—I was just literally gonna say I would need the—I would need the Baron Davis. I would need more space so that I could run up and run, launch up, and, it. run
0: up and launch it. Oh, you're it. allowed. Yeah. You're allowed. Yeah, to you, run can up oh, it. you can do that. Oh, you can do that. He's—he doesn't have to stand still. He can. Yeah. He, whoever it is, he or she will definitely be able to run up and shoot.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're good, Jared. You can run from the other baseline yeah. if you want.
2: No, that's—I'm th- <laughs> thinking to get enough power, I might need.
1: <laughs> Jared starts in the tunnel and comes <laughs> running down. <laughs>
0: Runs past the band as they're playing. <laughs> Give me a ramp. I'll go down a ramp.
1: <laughs> oh, you know, I can't tell you that. The Lady Rebels lost to Wyoming 77-73 last night. Whoa. So they do not clench the one seed in the Mountain West tournament. They just need to win one of their last two games now to do so. So they should still manage to pull that off. Uh, the bigger problem with that loss is Wyoming ten and eleven going into that game outside the top one hundred in net rankings. Uh, that's probably enough of a loss for UNLV to have zero chance at an at large bid in the NCAA tournament.
0: That's what we said yesterday. They have to win out and probably get to the final yeah. and lose to someone like at that point lose to someone like Wyoming or whoever, you know, what is it? Is it New Mexico who's the second best team? One of those yes. teams. Yeah. Um have a chance but this this hurts them it's it's too bad because one loss usually doesn't hurt um you know like let's say a mountain west men's team that's might get three or four in but in the sense of uh how many how let's be honest how weak the mountain west is on their side um and and you look at the net rankings you look at the bracketologies which even last week i think they had them at 13. um one loss can do you in for an at-large too bad but you know they can win the tournament it's on their home court. We've heard that.
1: Oh, it's on their home, home court. Home gym. Uh, and gym. And it's not, actually, it's not even their home building because they don't even play in the Thomas That's Tennessee true. Pack, that's though. true. I mean, they've played there three or four times. A couple times. Year, so it's, uh, I guess, more of a home than other teams. But 22-5 and, and and 14-2 uh, and two in the Mountain West. It's been a great season, phenomenal season so far. And if they can pull off a Mountain West tournament championship, they will uh, get to keep playing in the NCAA. I mean, they're going to go to the, uh, the women's they're gonna NIT. They're going to play somewhere, for sure. Worst. Yeah. The very worst, they'll go to the women's NIT. But uh, hopefully they can actually make it to the real NCAA tournament and, uh, you know, get a 12 seed. Get a fun seed where they got a chance to win and not just get fed to some one or two seed that's going to beat you by 40.
3: Step back one-legged. Ah. What kind of shot is that?
1: <laughs> Have
3: you ever shot that shot? Do you work on that shot?
1: Win.
2: Win. All right. Yeah, here's the, the, win, this, the win is really the win the, is good
0: the kid. Did, did the kid like nod his head up and down like he actually did work on that shot? He must have been He must have yeah, been, you see win. <laughs> That's All awesome. right.
1: This is a story made for the press box um, where Luka Doncic might have been too fat. Uh, Mark Cuban was on the radio this week in Dallas, and he said about Luka, I think he was humbled a little bit. I think he didn't like being called out for his weight and other things. And it finally clicked. There's a level of discipline that's required. Luka Doncic uh, apparently reported to training camp at 260 pounds. He has reportedly lost 15 pounds since then. And even Luka gave a quote about uh, him getting too relaxed after the Olympics and before the NBA season started. This is right up our alley on calling professional athletes fat, even though they're not actually fat.
0: Yeah, I was I, I had read that and then I watched the All Star game. I'm like, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't look like he has a tricky body. He looks he, he looked okay in the All Star game, so maybe the fifteen pounds took away enough, but um I do remember the beginning of the season where he got a lot of grief for how he showed up and people said he was completely overweight. He's still pretty good for being overweight, I'll say that.
2: He's really good. He's really good. Pretty good. Um,
1: I am I am hoping that the Mavericks at some point put a good enough team around him to where they can win an NBA title with Luca. Cause he is a lot of fun. He is a fun postseason type player mm-hmm. to watch because he can potentially take over games. So let's go Mavericks, make it happen or just send him to Memphis so he can play with a, uh, play with a good uh Jama rant. That'd be a lot of fun, man. You know, that's a great question. All right. Here's another story for this show and specifically for Jared. Uh, Jared, did you see that Kenny Pickett, Pitt's quarterback did not have his hands measured at the senior bowl because he's, he's double jointed. He says his thumb points in the weird direction, which makes his hand measurements wrong.
2: His thumb points in a what?
1: Hold like, on. I'm, I'm sorry. Guess... I'm looking
2: at my hand right now, and I'm like, I don't.
1: What I'm are... guessing it points up instead of out. And the... one of the hand measurements oh. is literally just pinky to thumb.
0: Oh, there you go. I'm l- holding that up right now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's not good. If you can't point it out, you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose an inch and a half <laughs> but, right there. But
1: he's double jointed, which makes me feel like that makes me feel like it's his hands are gonna be. He's really gonna have big hands that can hold on to the football.
2: I I mean I, mean, I don't. I, I'm very confused by this. I'm trying to. I'm still. If it goes up, that how could he grip anything?
1: Well, I think he's got the ability to like use his thumb to grip things. I don't know. Maybe it's a disadvantage. I don't know. I was thinking big thumb. It was going to be double jointed. He can probably put it in weird directions.
0: I mean, any no. anything with hands and not wanting to measure them, whether it's double jointed or they think they're too small. I, if I'm a, if I'm a team, I really look at that. And say, hold on a second. What does this really mean? Is I, double jointed good or bad?
2: I will say that uh, there is some, and it's obviously not. They haven't researched it enough. But having a uh, pointer finger that's longer than your ring finger has. Causes some issues with like errant throws every once in a while. They've I know they done that. You know, they've done some research. They haven't done enough for they're just like this is a hard. St-. I mean, but they're also just measuring hands out right.
1: there, <clears throat> going. Hey. Don't Google double jointed thumb. It's uncomfortable to look at. No. like it, it's not gross, but it's it's just uncomfortable. It feels, it looks painful. It's is it like, uh, is it like uh,
2: Shaq's feet?
1: Probably. Have I seen Shaq's feet? I don't think I've seen Shaq's feet.
2: Oh, then you haven't watched TNT, where they'll literally just show during the middle of halftime. And
1: here's a picture of Shaq's feet. (laughs) (laughs) All right, coming up next, we'll jump into some UNLV basketball. Bryce comes down the right side. Bryce all the way under, lays it up and in as he split the two
2: seven-footers, the twin towers, and Bryce went right between them. The Rebels lead 57-47. Timeout, Reno.
1: We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. I almost did it again, but I unmuted myself in time. Okay. All right, we got some UNLV basketball to take on Boise State, Uh, number one team in the Mountain West on Saturday. And aside from being able to win $10,000 if you're a student, it's $2 beer night as well uh, for everybody else. So I have – I got to get a little annoyed at something before we get into the actual UNLV. Uh, BJ Rains, who covers Boise State, he tweeted out an answer from Leon Rice where Leon Rice got asked if UNLV being good at basketball was important for the Mountain West. And Leon Rice gave an answer about, yeah, it's, you know, it can be a flagship program of of the conference. It can be really good. Do you know how much I hate that conversation? Because we do it with UNLV in the Mountain West all the time. We do it in other sports, too. You'll sometimes hear it about the Raiders in the NFL. UNLV being good is completely irrelevant in the Mountain West. It does not matter. What the Mountain West needs simply is good teams, period. It doesn't matter if it's Wyoming. It doesn't matter if it's Utah State. Or UNLV, they just need good teams. They need relevant teams nationally, and UNLV is. It doesn't matter if it's UNLV or not. Like UNLV might have the best chance to be a nationally relevant program because of its history, but it does not matter if UNLV is good or if Wyoming is good. The conference just needs good teams, <laughs> and UNLV it hasn't been like this year. The, you know, Mountain West having a great season. It's not because UNLV is good.
0: It needs to be. More and more consistently like the year they got four or five in. And it and it doesn't matter what, who the four or five are. Right. Right. I mean and it means listen. to be the year where where Musselman was at Reno, where San Diego State won the league, where you know BYU had Jimmer for debt, and they got all these teams and TCU, all these teams and you know, teams that are no longer in the league but then were good when they were there, and nobody cared that UNLV wasn't one of them. It didn't that didn't matter. It was nice for Vegas and their fans had they been one of them. And I'm re- remembering back. I don't think they were that year. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Which but, one? The,
1: uh, the Musselman years? Yeah,
0: the Musselman years.
1: Yeah, no. UNLV no because wasn't, they haven't been there since 2013. Anything. Yeah, wasn't worth anything when Musselman was there. It's like, okay, but here here's the, the the part of the argument that is important. If the Mountain West is going to have a consistent you know, uh, four teams in the Mountain West tournament every year, NCAA tournament most most like yeah nca tournament most likely unlv is going to be one of those teams like if the mountain west is going to have hey we're putting four teams in every year unlv is going to most likely be involved mm-hmm. in that they're going to be one of the teams that's consistently going because they've got the history and the facilities and the, and the re- yeah yeah which it's more likely that unlv is good at basketball than wyoming or utah state but it doesn't matter if UNLV sucks like UNLV could be the worst well San Jose State exists UNLV could be the second worst team in the league if there's four or five other really good programs
0: then the Mountain West is fine
1: awesome like that's great it doesn't have to be UNLV and we we do the same argument like you'll hear it every now and then about the Raiders in the NFL or, or some other teams like, oh, the NFL is better when the Raiders are good. The Raiders haven't been good for two decades. Right. The NFL has taken over this country. Yeah, like. it's,
0: it's, the TV ratings haven't gone down <laughs> because the Raiders have not been in the Super Bowl.
1: Like the, the NFL, it does not matter where guys play. It could be in New England. It could be a team that doesn't even go by a city name. It could be a team in Green Bay. It doesn't matter. Who's good in the air? Well, how quickly were
0: the Raiders forgotten when they lost their first-round playoff game this year? Right. I mean, it's like all right. Well, on on to Cincinnati. We
1: we just had a we just had a Super Bowl between the Rams and the Bengals. Like that was that was uh, terrible from a like popularity matchup, and it's still the NFL. It's still incredibly popular. So you don't need certain teams to be good. You just need some teams to be good. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Now. Here's, here's a fun part about UNLV, because we've I spent the last couple of weeks talking about UNLV's defense and how they're kind of hit and miss. They will have a lot of good games, but they have had a lot of bad games defensively as well. We're starting to see a string of consistency here. They have put up three straight good defensive games, three straight times they've held their opponent under one point per possession. They held Nevada under .9, which is excellent. And those three opponents, Fresno State, Colorado State, and Nevada, those are not, like, those are good teams. No, that's not San um, Jose State and Air Force. Right. So, like, they've done it to good opponents where they've held them under one point per possession. This is some consistency, and I don't know if it lasts the rest of the, the the entire season, right? I'm sure they'll have at least one more bad defensive game before the season is over. But if they keep that up, like, if they're a team that holds other teams under one point per possession or even just at one point per possession, uh. UNLV's got a legitimate chance to win every single game they play. Like like they, they, like that's a That makes them an excellent team. Not just a, hey, they're a dark horse, they're a spoiler. That makes them an excellent team that's got a really good chance to win every single hey, game they play.
0: Are you suggesting that 4-5 or five game final is going to be
1: 35-33? I might be suggesting that. <laughs> Bryce Hamilton scores seven points, but he hits the game winner to win 18-17. Yes, to, to beat 17. San Diego State 18-17. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, San Diego State. I like that. That's, that's the- what
0: I'm telling you. That's going to be the matchup.
1: It is. I mean, it is. It is hands down right now the the most likely matchup. Now, the the one interesting key to the defense. David Milwaukee's like suddenly good. Yeah. And David Milwaukee's played well enough that I'm looking around saying, they need to get this guy more minutes. Yeah. Like it. You know, six, seven games ago, I was telling you, this guy doesn't need to be on the floor. Right. I need to find any way to not play David mwaka But he has suddenly become defensively like he's been excellent defensively in these three games. And, you know, he he was the um uh, what conference did he come from? The Southland Conference. He was the defensive player of the year in his conference last year at Lamar. So, like, there's obviously some shot blocking there, but it, was, it he looked a lot out of place where he wasn't uh, athletic enough to keep up with the Mountain West, taking the step up until these... Well, he started against Colorado State uh, the first time to beat Colorado State. He looked really good in that game, too. The last seven or eight games, David Walker has looked like a player that is helpful and a player that can be the reason that you win some games or one of the reasons that you win some games. He doesn't give you so much offensively, but defensively be the reason you win. And now... Victor E. Walker got hurt in the last game. We'll see what his status is for Saturday's game. But if he's not hurt, David Mowaka is going to have to play a lot. And the way he's been playing, I don't think that's a problem. I think that's a good thing for you. And
0: I was doing some stuff yesterday for a column I'm writing on the team, went to practice yesterday, and I th- I just assumed, because Mowaka, like you said, he's only playing about 12, or so far he's only averaged about 12 minutes a game. I just assumed Royce Ham led them in blocks, and he doesn't. Oh, no, yeah. Which it's, kind of was. I, I had to double take him. Like, David Walker, 26 blocks to 24 for Royce Ham. And I just, given how, you know, little, like I said, 12.6 average and, you know, Ham plays almost 25 minutes a game, I was like, wow, that like shocked me.
1: Yeah. It, I mean, it, it absolutely is because he doesn't play nearly as much. Uh, by the way, fun stat on Royce Ham uh, he is number two in the entire country in defensive rebounding rate. So he gets, when he's on the floor, he gets 33.3% of opponent missed shots all by himself, just him alone. And that's the second best mark in the country. Uh, number one is Oscar Sheebway at Kentucky at 35.1. Um, so hopefully he can catch Oscar Sheebway and be number one in that stat at the end of the year.
0: That'd be amazing.
1: It's a uh, Royce Royce Ham has legitimately been one of the best rebounders in the entire country. Some of that is UNLV plays small and doesn't have very good rebounders um, at their guard spots. Um, But uh, he's been excellent.
0: And let me ask you this: I mean, are you surprised that Royce Ham? I mean, he's one of these kids who came from another school, Texas, had never averaged more than twelve points or, or, excuse me, three points in twelve minutes. What I mean, did they just miss? Was Texas just that much better? Uh, now he's averaging like eight and nine with the blocks. I mean, is it the job Kevin Kruger's done? Like I I was trying to figure that out yesterday after talking to Roy Sam, because he's been really good. And you always say, you know, you get opportunities other places. I know, look, I know the mountain West isn't a big 12, but that's a stark difference from averaging like two points. And at the most, he averaged 12 minutes. The other years he averaged like six or eight minutes, you know, he never played.
1: I think it's effectively him simply getting minutes. Like I think that's the key there. Is he he got minutes at UNLV? He didn't get him at Texas. He probably could have done this type of rebounding at Texas. Maybe not at this level because there would have been some other good rebounders there. But he's on a team where he like he is the rebounder. Like that like that's kind of it. Like he is the guy that's on the floor in their starting lineups. He gets the rebounds. Like unless David Walker or Victor e. Walker are out there, there's not another above average rebounder on the floor for UNLV. So. He has to get them all. And he's been very, very good at it. So I think it's more the opportunity than necessarily Texas missed on him, because, you know, Texas is really good this year. Like Texas is uh probably gonna get a top five seed in the NCAA tournament or something like that. So I don't think I don't think it's so much that Texas missed, I think it's that he just never got the opportunity right. there because Texas is good and now he's getting it at UNLV and he's he's showing that he's a competent college basketball yeah. player and very, very good rebounder. Coming up next. Hopefully, Jason fits. The man
2: does not like pie or syrup on his pancakes. No clue why we're talking
0: to him, but it is time for our weekly visit with ESPN's
1: Jason Fitz. All right, Jason, uh, can you confirm for us that you do, in fact, check your voicemail?
3: <laughs> I do, in fact... Check my voicemail yeah that is that is uh very true and you know i appreciate the uh the amazing laugh that you guys gave me uh you know humble brag i was backstage at an aew event getting ready with a bunch of wrestlers and uh frankly just sort of lost track of time and uh then i looked at my phone and i was like "Why? why nobody leaves me voicemails only to find out that you guys so <laughs> i uh i greatly appreciate the the uh laugh that i uh so spectacularly needed and Glad that I could be content for you a couple of times.
1: Yeah, that's good. It's good week. So hold on. What what were, you're gonna have to explain AEW to Ed because he doesn't know what's happening at all. I barely know what's happening,
3: but we Ed
1: definitely. No,
0: I know. no, have no clue what this means.
3: Okay, so AE, so like I you know I'll go back to my my childhood. Like I grew up uh, you know in Vegas, an AWA wrestling fan because I was a kid when you know '80s wrestling came through the showboat and used to go to those uh, with my dad, right? And uh, so. I grew up a, a child of that, and then, you know, everybody knows WWF, WWE, right? So, in the modern times of the last couple of years, there's a shot Khan, the owner of the Jags, his kid, Tony, uh, took a bunch of, you know, the con money and bought uh, a, a bunch of wrestlers. So, he has AEW as, like, the competitor to WWE, and of significance this week, they uh, decided they would do their first ever show in Connecticut, which is right where WWE is headquartered. So, Little bit of a kick in the no no places to uh, WWE. They decided to get aggressive with it and uh, they asked ESPN if somebody would come hang out with the wrestlers and do a bunch of content. So I was like, hey, I grew up loving wrestling. I will do this.
0: Okay. Now I get a sense. Do you still love the drama, the theater, the soap opera drama about it? What, what draws you to it still?
3: Nothing. Uh, that <laughs> let's be real. I mean, uh, I, I, I went and, and did like a, a couple of things here. I think wrestling fans are some of the most fanatical fans in the world, and that's really amazing. And I totally respect and appreciate what the guys do. I'm not like somebody that sits there and watches wrestling every week now. Like, that's just not really a thing. Like, when I watch wrestling, I usually go to Peacock, and I watch the old 80s stuff that I grew up on for the nostalgia of it. It's, it's a little like Transformers. Like, you know, I, I it's not that I sit there and actively, you know, watch new episodes of the Transformers, but I'll always go back and watch the old episodes of Transformers because – it's nostalgic to my child
1: you always go back and watch old episodes of transformers
3: oh yeah my god i mean that it still holds up and don't nobody at me like rodimus prime was better than optimus i, I know that's a hot take but you know let's go there he's 100 the right i, I mean there, there, <laughs> see? Uh, and and uh transformers holds up fraggle rock not so much like i went back and i know they just relaunched fraggle rock but i went back a few years ago completely sober, nothing in my system, and decided I was going to watch Fraggle Rock because I used to really love it as a kid. And I made it through, like, two episodes where I was like, this should have stayed in my childhood. Like, this was a mistake. Transformers, not so much. Like, I can watching, and, and, you know, Autobots roll out, and I'm, I'm good. I'm watching that all day. <laughs> I'm Tyler in this sense.
0: I've never seen that. Well, should I have known what this is? I, I This is two things now that you've talked about that I've never heard of.
3: Well, Transformers... Go to the cartoon, the original 80s cartoon. Don't go to the movies. Uh, they're they're trash. Just go to the cartoons and watch oh, wow. it. Now, now uh, I'm going wow. to Michael Bay. Like, I'm just, I'm going to people. To, you know, this is what happens when you wake up in Connecticut and have to shovel, like, eight inches of snow. Like, it, just, <laughs> it puts you in a different level of aggression.
1: Wait, you shoveled snow this morning?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's still coming oh, down, y'all. Like, it uh, is still it is still coming down.
1: Jason, Jason. What what'd you do here? Nah. You, at one point, you lived in Las Vegas. You know, it doesn't snow like you don't have. Well, to shovel it snowed snow the
0: other yet. day, actually. Jason l- l- had a, had a few flurries well, out there in Summerlin. Wow! Well,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah it didn't to stay, get the but... shovel out, Ed.
0: No, we didn't. Know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this is this is one of the many days that I'm going to end up texting my bosses and saying, "Are you sure I can't work for ESPN from Las Vegas because it's <laughs> much nicer out there?"
1: Doesn't uh, the the gambling show Daily Wager aren't
3: they out here every day?
1: They're out
0: here.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. they're they're. They do gambling content. Like I can't do, you know, this is in the weeds for all your listeners. Don't really give a damn about my personal life, but I can't. Uh, I can't do uh, uh, like the digital shows that I do. We uh, all of that comes from uh, Bristol, Connecticut. So like, even though my radio co-host is in Chicago, I'm in Connecticut constantly because uh, that's where all of the shows that I do that are on all of our app and, and uh, digital properties are based out of. It. So I have to be in Connecticut.
0: Your, uh, your colleague, Paul Goodyear, is at ESPN on one of these uh, stories they do where they throw out trades, threw a trade out. Let's see what you think. To the commanders, Derek Carr for a first, a conditional fourth, that could, I think, end up being, Tyler, can help me, a second. A Would you do a it? A
3: second, yeah. No, I wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it at all. And that one's simple for me because, uh, you know, Chip, I, I understand it's a new regime. I, I know that everybody loves the hope that comes with the draft, but when's the last time a first-round draft pick ended up being as impactful as a, I don't know, starting quarterback for the Raiders. Like, think about uh, what do we want? We want a first-round pick that can turn into Alex Leatherwood again? I mean, is it too, <laughs> too soon to say that? Like, So so you're telling me that realistically, like, let's just use this as an example, you're telling me that you want to trade Derek Carr for Alex Leatherwood and Nate Hobbs. Like, I don't think that's a good trade when we come to, like, we put too much value in the promise of draft picks. And particularly this year, like, what are we doing? And then are we starting Marcus Mariota and – I know Yes, that's what Paul
0: Washington, had you. Paul had you do. Paul had you give him a two-year deal for I think ten guaranteed, fourteen overall, and draft the Mississippi quarterback.
3: Yeah. Oh, okay. I, and look, Matt Corral is a quarterback I actually really like. I think he can play. Uh, I, I think he needs a couple of years to get ready. So if Raiders fans are willing to be patient for a couple of years on a quarterback that, that likely I don't think should see the field at all in year one, maybe in year two. So if you're willing to be patient through that process. Maybe it makes sense, but I would also argue this, like, I'm not sure there's that much, like, Matt Corral, we'll see how the quarterbacks end up playing out, but there's a chance that he could be available in the teens anyway. So if you really love Matt Corral, why not keep Derek Carr to another, you know, you could always make Derek Carr play out this year, franchise Derek Carr if you need to next year, and draft Matt Corral anyway in the, in the mid-teens. You'll give up less to move up a few picks.
1: Oh, look at you now. You're not even giving Derek Carr a long term extension. You you might as well trade him for a first round pick.
3: I, I, look, I I would be <laughs> less surprised in the next three weeks if Derek Carr gets a long term extension than I would be if Vegas got you know 18 inches of snow. Like I, I, I this is a, Derek Carr is going to be the quarterback. I, I don't know why we're making this complicated. Like I, this whole thing for Raiders fans forgives the concept of Josh McDaniels like there's no way Josh McDaniels came in and said guys I'm gonna I'm gonna stake my last chance of being a head coach in the NFL on the possibility that maybe we might draft a guy that we could develop that may be available in the teams in the NFL draft like if you have the first pick overall and you're Josh McDaniels and you say hey I want Josh I want Joe Burrow so I know that I'm taking this gig that's fine but there's no way that Josh McDaniels, who every year was going to be a hot candidate, leaves a cush- uh, situation where he's always going to be a top candidate to take a job where maybe he has a quarterback. Like, he took the Raiders' job because he wants Derek Carr. And I would be stunned if Derek Carr doesn't have an extension before the draft that puts them into a situation where for the next three or four years they know who their quarterback is. It doesn't mean the Raiders won't draft one. I just, this year's draft class at quarterback stinks. It's not just, it, it, it's bad. Next year's draft class is really good. So why not go through this process of this year with Derek Carr and the extension, draft a quarterback next year if you need one, and in the process of drafting that quarterback, then you still give yourself another year for that guy to develop before he has to be on the field.
2: Jason, this might be going a little bit of left field, but we have NASCAR tickets, and I was just curious, why is it that Amer- like we associate NASCAR with country music, but then Formula One in Europe, is associated with Monaco and tuxedos and champagne, where here it's, you know, Bud Light and the stars and bars.
3: There's a commonality in the audience, right? Like, you're right, in Europe, Formula One has become very refined, but in Europe, they don't have, you know, the NFL to occupy all of their time. NASCAR is about, uh, and and look, I've played a few of these events when I was touring. I've been to some of these events. I'm not particularly a NASCAR fan, but the thing that makes NASCAR what it is is the community in the fandom like that the people go to the races because they root for these individual drivers the same way that you know, the people listening right now root for their favorite football team and that individual is everything and and it becomes this camaraderie of a think of an all-day tailgate where the game happens to be on in the background and you can pay attention here and there while you're drinking with your buddies that is essentially what nascar is and what it's become, and. And I think that's part of the glory of it, honestly. Like, NASCAR is a lot like country music. Like, I don't think people necessarily go to country music concerts because they want to have the wildest, craziest concert where stuff blows up. and People run around. They go to country music concerts because they want to drink a ton of overpriced beer inside some place where they hang out with their buddies. And they all sing louder than the artist does on stage. That's essentially what NASCAR is. It's all one audience.
1: I have an important question uh, for you. Uh, There was a press conference with our governor at Allegiant Stadium, and apparently the media was not allowed to take pictures while he was giving a speech and the reasoning or one of the potential reasonings that was given. Is that there is going to be a concert coming up and their stage is being set up and they did not want anybody to see the stage in the background of these pictures is that something that you would have heard of happening before
3: no not that I mean I, I can't think of it it's got to be a one-off concert that people aren't like did, did they say what concert it is like it's, uh, it's uh, a Metallica I, it's Metallica I mean what, what is Metallica trying to hide from everybody in their state <laughs> setup like that seems really really weird the closest I can like I understand uh, I, I, I played the ACMs uh, out in Vegas years ago with Tim McGraw and he was doing a song called if you're reading this that uh, they we did during the performance nobody had ever heard it and nobody knew what the song was going to be about and he wanted it to be a very special like reveal so every time we went in to rehearse at the ACM so that week leading up Uh, they would actually force the entire uh, MGM uh, arena to empty out, and nobody could be in there. And they would close everything off, and and we would do rehearsals. Like, I understand when you're doing something for TV and you don't want it to leak, I can understand that. But if you're just talking about, like, a stage setup, like, in today's world, that seems really (laughs) strange to me. Like, I I don't think suddenly the the mystery of seeing a Metallica concert for the 60,000 people in attendance is going to be like, Oh man, we saw pictures of the press conference. Now it's blown for me. That just feels like artists <laughs> getting in their own artist heads, which wouldn't surprise me for Metallica. Like, look, I really liked Metallica growing up, and I'm a big fan of mental health, and I've always been always been about my own journey through that. But still, I don't need documentaries with my rock bands talking about their feelings. Like ever since that happened with Metallica, I'm kind of out.
1: <laughs> well, he is Jason Fitz. Don't make him watch documentaries on Metallica. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate <laughs> y'all. Take care.
0: Enjoy the wrestling.
1: I very much enjoy Alan Snow wrote a story on it, LV sports biz where he's just kind of ripping the Raiders and Steve Sisolak and Allegiant Stadium being like publicly subsidized stadium media can't take pictures at it. (laughs) And then the and then the reasoning is apparently because Metallica stage is being set up and they didn't want anybody to see Metallica stage. It was a dumb reason. Hey,
2: how many the? But how many governors in all this and like in this whole country and its territories can go, hey, don't blame me. Metallica. That's right.
1: That's right. It's Metallica's fault. All right. We've got two tickets for NASCAR coming to Las Vegas, March 4th through the 6th. We got two tickets to the Pennzoil 400 on Sunday, March 6th. 702-364-1100. That's the phone number. If you want to go out to Las Vegas Motor Speedway in a couple of weekends, 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number nine to win a pair of tickets to the Pennzoil 400. Swing and a high fly ball, right field, coming over, getting under it, and making the catch for the third and final out to put the ball game away. The Marlins have done the job. They win this one, two to one.
0: We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Nice. I like that music. I like that. That's <laughs> is that Jason on the fiddle? Little fiddle? I think a little, it's Taylor good, Swift. guitar. So I
2: have no idea. All I know is that I just I I will never not love. That's one of the greatest baseball calls I've ever heard. You you and, did and a they, great
0: job cuz you found their one win of last season and and, and Oh, I played. think that's
2: from like 2 seasons ago. <laughs> I just I love the All right, they won. They did it. Cool.
1: That's stay the final t- call. Stay tuned for the postgame <laughs> the show. show. Did you see this financial report from the Atlanta Braves this morning? Did not. There is a report out that the Atlanta Braves had 104 million dollars in profit in 2021, uh, and that they generate six million dollars per game in revenue stream. Jeff Passan tweeted it out. Um, basically, it's funny because Rob Manfred, like two weeks ago, was just complaining that the owners don't actually make very much money by owning these baseball teams, and nobody now we're believes that. Out that now we're now we're getting actual financial reports that the Braves made a hundred and four million dollars in profit last year.
2: Do you guys remember whenever the Marlins basically said, Oh, we don't we don't make enough money, you can't see our books, we don't make enough money. Right. Then they got sued and the books actually became public record, and it was like you made like forty million <laughs> on a team that nobody showed up to.
1: You can't say oh. you make no money and at the same time they're saying they make no money and they can't possibly give uh players a minimum salary of $700,000 it has to be $600,000. Yeah. It's incredible. I uh, are we going to we are we going to miss baseball games?
0: Uh your call was it was a a foolish deadline. I, I heard this morning as well. So um they they other um other media are kind of buying into that deadline that it was at February 20th. It's Monday, right? Yeah. It's yeah, Monday. It's, yeah, end of the month. End of the month. That day, if it comes on that day, then they're going to miss regular season games. Which, again, so <sighs> it's Monday, but if it's decided on Tuesday, no, nope, we're going to 159. Right. We're exactly. going to 159, and Stupid. we're paying you for 159.
1: I I don't know. I don't see how this, is, this gets done by Monday, though, because like I said, like we said yesterday, Every offer and counteroffer is just the smallest incremental, hey, we're not making any effort to get to the middle here. We're just slowly upping or downing our offer to get a little bit closer to you. And at the rate we're going... Oh, and no some
0: are 50 million apart, so this, right. this might be settled on September 1st.
1: Right. So like, I have zero faith that this actually is done by Monday, February 28th. My faith is that, oh, they'll get it done by March 5th, And they won't be morons and say, well, (laughs) we're going to have to miss the first week of the season because we're idiots. Um, So, yeah, I, I, I've got no faith this gets done in time, but I still think it's a fairly empty threat that they won't play games just because they start or get this deal done on, say, March 5th instead of some other day.
0: Real quick, do you like the new uh, playoffs format?
1: Big fan of the new playoffs. Yeah, formats. I know. I love, I love um, when teams
0: get to pick who they play. I think that's hilarious.
1: Yes. So it'd be seven teams in each league. Um, the one seed gets a buy. The best division winner gets a buy. And then the second division winner 30. gets to pick which wildcard oh, team want that. they want to play. We want that. And then the third division winner gets to pick from the remaining wildcard yeah. teams. And then there would it's be great. two more wildcard teams that play each other. But yes, televise it. Give us TV. Let us see these teams pick who they want to play. And then be we can have we, we can have a whole lot more of the chip on the shoulder. Nobody believed in us. Yeah. They wanted to play us, but we Very still beat them. Good. It'd be great. It'd be phenomenal. So yes, I want that. Oh, and by the Five, way, it'd be a best of three,
3: four,
1: all at one three. team's ballpark. Also three. awesome.